Blog Talk Radio. Starship Troopers from 1997, directed by Paul Verhoeven. But before all that, I am joined by the bull, the beautiful, the Cree champion himself, the Ghoul Geek Keith. Indeed, indeed, indeed. What is up, everybody? How are you doing tonight, Ghoul? Post-Thanksgiving, post-Black Friday, and all that jazz? I have survived holiday number one of the winter season. So one more big one to go, and then... uh, that's it. I'm good. That's it. Yep. Call it a wrap on the uh, holiday season, you know? So luckily, mm-hmm. only one more to go. But was it good? Did you enjoy Thanksgiving, the whole Black Friday vacation that we get uh, every year? Indeed. You know, went just nice, easy, relaxing. Just hung out at my mother's for a little bit, ate, and then uh, dashed out fairly early, caught Creed two at the theater, and uh, that's it. Went home, and it's good to go. Mm-hmm. And you also got yourself a fancy PS4 with the VR so that you could play Creed, the VR video game. So how was that experience? Well, I mean, that's just one of the perks that came with it. But, uh, yes, I did uh, take a little bit of advantage of the the Black Friday shopping that went on. Uh, didn't go crazy. Didn't go Thanksgiving. Didn't go Friday. Um, they uh, Most of the places obviously had their specials over the weekend. And, yes, I uh, I guess... It's funny when I think about it, but I know that we had uh, mentioned VR at some point or another in the show mm-hmm. months ago. And I remember at that right. point, you know, talking about my experience with VR back in like the 90s. And I think the the doc had said something about his VR experience like recently at some mall or something. And uh, eventually I started hitting the VR arcade that's that's close by. And yeah, VR has taken some mighty strides. So once I saw that they were giving the uh, the PSVR for a uh, for an awesome price for a bundle and everything, I was like, you know what? It's time for me to uh, bring it home so that I don't have to spend money over there, so that I can continue to spend money here. Excellent. All right. Uh, and I want to talk to more about that uh, great experience because I know there's another game in our midst, and that is the Mad Monkey who's been pounding on his cage. Uh, apparently he's shouting something about the Roughnecks. I don't know what that's all about, but Monkey, welcome back. <laughs> Monkeys, roughnecks. 
Hey there, my fans. <laughs> this is your furry little horror host, the Mad Monkey, broadcasting to you live, as always, from my luxurious Patel at the Drunken Monkey Rehabilitation Clinic, here to bring you another fun-filled, fright-filled episode of Talking Terror. <sighs> and it is your pick. We haven't talked about it. Battling some space Hi, ghoul. <laughs> so now that uh, the monkey's aboard and the ghoul's on board, so... How is the Creed VR experience uh, playing at home? I know you shared some videos on the group chat on Facebook. Looks like it could be fun. I mean, it looks like something I'd even want to try one day. But yeah, you know, I uh, I had to work with the camera a little bit, figure out a good positioning for it. But once that was all set, I've uh, I've enjoyed it fully. Um, I've you know finally mastered movement in the game. You know, that's one of the things that you got to kind of get used to. You know, in the uh, the, mm-hmm. the VR place, uh, movement isn't necessary. You kind of stand there and you can duck, dodge, and all that. But in the, the actual home experience, you have to kind of like walk from spot to spot, and you do so using your uh, your hands. And mm-hmm. as the uh, the video that I showed you guys, it kind of looks pretty silly when uh, <laughs> you know when you're not actually doing it. But I think with the update today, they uh, they changed the movement method, which is much smoother now. You kind of do a uh, like a barrel roll with your hands in one direction to move mm. forward, reverse that, and you move backwards. And yeah, again, okay. it was definitely much smooth, much smoother than the little shuffling of the hands that you saw me doing the other day. <laughs> yeah, and then no sense of direction. Doing the VR <laughs> shuffle. Doing the VR shuffle, man. <laughs> um. So, yeah, there, there are a couple things I want to talk about, uh, horror news related. There are some kind of real-life horror things I want to talk about as well. But one of them kind of coincides with Black Friday shopping and all that, kind of like a real-life horror scenario. So when you go out shopping, you know, if you go to Kmart or one of the department stores to go get some groceries, what have you, uh, the last thing on your mind is probably getting murdered, right, fellas? Uh, yeah, no, definitely not something I think about. Right, well, uh, Apparently for one man in Dania Beach, Florida, that was the case because apparently he was in a checkout line behind a woman who farted so loudly he complained about it. And in retaliation, a woman yanked out a knife and threatened to kill him. What? Yes. Uh, Shanetta Yvette Wilson was arrested for aggravated assault with intent to kill, according to WQWK out of Dania Beach, Florida. So, yeah, this guy's on a nice little shopping trip. She decides to bust a little ass, and apparently he complained so loudly that she got so offended, she wanted to draw blood. So, yeah. Way to go, Florida. Raising the bar. <laughs> you you take it classy. Florida. <laughs> my guess, my guess, you know, I, I'm just going to throw it out there, but was this at a Walmart? Uh, no, it was a Dollar General, of all places. Go well, you, even better. General. I mean, how does Dollar? Okay, I'm sorry, but you know, Dollar General. It's one of those dollar stores, correct? Where everything yeah, is yeah. pretty much a dollar. Or mm-hmm. us, I mean, what kind of Black Friday sales do you have at a dollar store? Actually, yeah. they had sweatpants for four dollars because all the cheap people at my work were talking about it. They all went and bought a whole bunch of cheap ass sweatpants. <laughs> Yeah, so there you go. So, yep, going to the store, picking up a case of Mountain Dew, maybe buy a Rusty Wallace NASCAR hat, nifty little thing for the kids, and getting threatened to die, you know, at the checkout counter because a woman passed gas. So, guess you're not safe anywhere, at least not in Florida. 
I know it doesn't have as much humor involved with it with the uh with the, the breaking of one's wind. But I do know that there was a shooting also at a mall. Um around uh, I don't know if it was around here or if it was out in Alabama mm. or Tennessee or something like that, but uh yeah. I know that that had also occurred. Um which kind of a bummer, you know. Like leave your it weapons is, at home. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's it's oh, bad yeah. enough watching watching everybody fucking trample everybody to to get those deals. I know I saw some Walmart where I guess they had gated things off and they started letting people in and that gate lasted all of like five seconds as people just pushed and pushed and you know, it's funny just watching like all these these security people just step back and just be like, Yeah, you know what? We don't get paid enough to fucking get in front of this. <laughs> I'm cool for this shit. <laughs> yeah. And uh yeah, I saw footage from a store where apparently they set out a pallet of like big screen TVs and these people were ripping apart the plastic. It looked like a scene right out of the Walking Dead. These ravenous mm-hmm. fucking shoppers just tearing apart the plastic and ripping these TVs out. They didn't even know what they were grabbing. They were just like, Oh, sale, grabbing it. It's like, do you even know what you're touching? The TV. <laughs> no, we just want it. It's on sale. Wow. Just, it was like right out of the walking dead. It was just crazy. See how mad these people get. I did go on actual Black Friday. And I only did you? stores. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Um, I, I did not go out think- Yeah. No, I did not go out Thanksgiving night just because I am adamant about I will not support stores that take people away from their families on Thanksgiving. Sure, it's like, yeah. you know, it's, it, it's just keep it on Black Friday, man. Open the stores early if you want, but let, let people be at home with their families on Thanksgiving. You know, uh, it's, you know, it's not worth it, it's, you know, for you to sit there and have that sale. Just let them have family time, man. And then go ape shit five o'clock, 5 o'clock in the morning, man. You know, <laughs> I used to be one of those yeah, but that you know what, though, man? Like, here's the thing. Here's the thing with that. I don't completely disagree, nor do I completely agree with you on this. Only because, you know, a lot of stores started doing the whole "we're going to open at midnight," you know, and because you know that's mm-hmm. officially Friday. Um, I know that if I was a worker and. You know, if they gave me the option of, okay, we're going to either open up on midnight or we're going to, you know, let people start at 6 and maybe be closed by 2 or, you know, like 1, 2 in the morning, I think I would prefer that than to have to do a run from midnight to, let's say, 6 or 7 in the morning. Like, I'm yeah. not a, I'm not a, I can, I can never do a mid, like, I can't do a graveyard shift, man. It just doesn't, doesn't work for me. Like, I work till 10 o'clock on Monday, you know, because I had to install a boiler at a job, and it was, you know, it was fucking torture. By, like, 10 o'clock, I'm, I'm, like, dying. Yeah, that happened. Yeah. But Thanksgiving night, I was taking the king home from, from us going out to, you know, hanging out for Thanksgiving. We drive by the mall at 8.30 at night. It's only 8.30 on Thanksgiving night, and the mall was fucking packed. I mean, mm-hmm. there's not a fucking... Oh, yeah. Yep. There, there's not a parking space to be found, man. That and the Best Buy we passed by, too. I mean, that was just... You know, I couldn't believe it, the crowds. I was like, it's fucking cold. It's, you know, nighttime. Let's go home. You know, I'm sure they'll still have some shit left, you know, when you come back in the morning. You know, just rest okay, up, I mean- you know? We went to the theater in Freehold, you know, right right by the, the Freehold Raceway Mall. And, I mean, you know, there there were definitely some cars, like, entering. Um, right. But there wasn't a line 
either where it seemed like it was packed. We didn't have to go by the mall itself. I'm sure it was probably completely, you know, loaded up and packed. But, you know, it didn't seem like the, the, the entryways were all that crowded with cars and whatnot. And, the you know, the movie theater itself, you know, there was a couple people there, but was it a sold-out showing? You know, it was fairly early, though. It was only 4.30. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I, these things are always going to keep going. I know that they just had the Cyber Monday sales, and we, like we talked about last week, I think nowadays Cyber Monday is, you know, just as popular as Black Friday, except you could sit at home on your laptop and get the same kind of deals, not have to fight over a, a 15-inch flash, uh, flat screen like you would, you know, on Black Friday. So it's just like take the advantage of the uh, Cyber Monday deals. You know, that way you yeah. don't have to get risk getting stabbed or shot or poisoned or whatever the fuck they do nowadays. You know, during these Black Friday frenzies. Yeah, but on Black Friday, you get your workout in, man. <laughs> I guess so. I mean, it becomes like they, a little purge night. Then you don't need to do the VR Creed thing. Good. I didn't have to wait on any lines. I didn't have to fight for it. Like I said, man, I... Uh... I I wanted the the PS4 with the Spider-Man bundle because yeah I, right. I, you know that was the the big negative here was that I didn't have a PS4 <laughs> to work mm. with the PSVR uh. so I needed to get all of it in one big shot which was a uh, you know a, a hit to the wallet but the mm. PS4 with the Spider-Man bundles were sold out everywhere I mean they were selling that thing for two hundred bucks I mean it was it's steel. Um, you know, so in the end, though, I was able to uh, negotiate and get myself a PS4 for 200 bucks, and then I ended up having to spend. You know, I'm I'm a little sore about it. You know, I spent the the 60 bucks to get the fucking Spider-Man game when I went to pick up the uh, the the VR um, mm. bundle and everything. And GameStop was selling it for 60 bucks. You know, it's just a standalone game, and that's it. Yeah. Um, I get home, I set everything up, I hook everything up turn on the PS4, get everything updated, everything's all loaded, ready to go. And they were doing a digital fucking copy of Spider-Man for like $38. You know, the uh, same game that I just spent 60 bucks for, <laughs> I could have fucking, you know, got for $38. And yes, I wouldn't have a hard copy of it and all that jazz, but, you know, you know me, man. I'm always into the downloads. This thing's got a terabyte, yeah. and I only have like three games, so... Oh, you got the terabyte edition. Yeah, this does have the terabyte on it, the TB. Oh, nice. It's not the Pro, but it's got the TB. <laughs> and I don't mean tuberculosis. <laughs> no, not that. Occasionally, um, the PS4 coughs up blood. <laughs> um, so, uh, Ghoul, you talked to us a couple weeks ago about the uh, Back to the Future kind of theory that you had for Part 2 about Marty and Jennifer. Um, and it was kind of interesting, mm-hmm. I thought. So I kind of did some research into some other possible fan theories for popular movies. Uh, and one of them that kind of struck me, which is kind of fun, and it, it, there's some holes in it, and I'm going to present it to you guys. Uh, it's from The Breakfast Club. That's the classic John Hughes movie of the people in detention, and they all become friends and lovers, maybe, you know, towards the end of that movie. Is but a guilty the theory pleasure? is that... <laughs> Ali Sheedy's oh, character. come on. The Breakfast Club's a fucking classic, man. Yeah, that ain't no guilty it is. pleasure. <laughs> but uh, it's not a guilty pleasure. It's a classic. I mean, uh, but the theory is that Ali Sheedy's character made it all up, that none of the events of what took place in that movie never actually happened. It all took place in Ali Sheedy's character's mind because she is a good liar. She doesn't have any friends. 
She goes to Saturday detentions willingly because her family doesn't pay attention to her and she has nothing else to do. She also sets up a love interest with uh, uh, Emilio Estevez's character. And she also is a thief. So she steals her IDs and different things like that. So she could kind of formulate stories in her own mind while in detention. And it also explains why Principal Vernon would be willing to do Saturday detention without pay to look after these kids for a couple hours on a Saturday. So there's some holes in it, but I kind of thought that was kind of a fun, interesting theory that 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 character could have made all this up in her own head just on a Saturday in detention at our high school. So I wanted to get what you guys thought about that. Yeah, but you've got no nod to make you you even think that. There's like no camera shots to go, okay, maybe that happened, you know, like closing shots, you know, something of her standing alone after everyone's left or something. Well, there's nothing what to happen, too. They hotbox a fucking joint in the library. You have Emilio Estevez taking his shirt off and screaming a glass window off until it shatters into pieces. You have Bender breaking through the uh, ceiling when he gets out of the closet that Principal Vernon put him in. So there's a lot of elements there that could lead credence to kind of being a fictionalized event in her own mind. I'm not feeling this ghoul. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I'm, uh, yeah, that's why I'm just staying silent on it, man. I, uh, nope, not buying it. I mean, they were all, they were all yeah. stereotypes, you know, that's all they were. Yeah. They were just various character types of people that you knew in some way, shape or form throughout high school. I mean, that's how but I that always felt about it. Women, and, uh, yeah. You know, I mean, that movie. The movie came out in the 80s, so I was still a little kid. I wasn't in high school yet. Um, but, you know, when I did see it, obviously having teenage aunts, they were all in high school at that point. And, yeah, it just, you know, they reminded me of their friends. And then when I finally did get to high school, um, which I did make it to and through eventually, um, yeah, yeah, woo, yay. I, uh, yeah, I think that, uh, yeah, I definitely knew many of those types. But no, I don't think it was all in yeah. my head. Um, yeah, I mean, it, I don't, because like I said, there's a lot of, of things, like the monkey, uh, monkey had said, where it's like, well, that's not really in somebody's head because a lot of the things that happened uh, aren't entirely from her perspective. But at the same time, it kind of lends a little bit of a credence because like the ghoul had said about stereotypes, these could all be stereotypes that she's thought up about the rich girl, about the jock, about the rebel, about the nerd. You know, so it could all be in her head, but I just think it's a fun little theory to kind of watch that movie again and kind of picture that, that she's making this all up in her own head as she goes along because she has no friends, no love interest, a family that doesn't pay attention to her, and a principal that really doesn't want to be there and not getting paid for it either. So, you know, I was like, I can't you can wait say to that about any of the characters then in that detention, you know? You could say any one of them made it all up. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, that could be true too. I mean, but why would they? You wouldn't see why the jock or but, the popular girl or the rebel would want to go and make all that up in their own head. At least that she was character kind of had no past or a kind of any backstory. She was just kind of there. But you as know, for just, why the principal was there, he was there digging through files. He wasn't supposed to be digging through, man. That's why he was there. on. The, that's also why he was there on the Saturday. I just thought that it was important. You know, he was there for sex. Well, I didn't think it was for any other reason other than he was bored. That's why he was digging through those files. I don't think he was there specifically so he can go there on a Saturday to dig through uh, personnel files. No because, then, no, because then he got caught by the janitor, and the janitor yeah. called him out on it, you know, digging through stuff he's not supposed to be going through. 
Well, he did call him out, but at the same time, it's like, oh, I'm bored. So nobody else is here. I'm going to dig through these files and look up some people's information. You know, it doesn't mean that that was his purpose for taking the Saturday's attention. <laughs> you know, what else is he going to do for eight hours, you know, on a Saturday? He, he could have been on the basketball court trying to get a scholarship. With one shoe off and one shoe on. <laughs> Hell yeah. Bender for life. <laughs> that could be it, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I thought that was a good theory. If any of you guys kind of want to agree with that or disagree with that, I'd love to hear what you guys have to think about it on the Facebook page, and I'll even post my thoughts on it. Um, just a fun little thing. It doesn't mean that you have to take it seriously. There's a lot of plot holes to it, obviously, but it's a fun little thing. Um, but I wanted to move on to Dominic Brasia, who, if you've seen Friday 13th Part 5, you'll know he played Joey the chocolate-loving fuck guy that gets killed by Victor Fadden. Um, and it was an important part of that movie that kicked off the events of Friday Five. Uh, but he passed away recently at the age of 62, as reported by arrowinthehead.com. So I, I don't know anything he was in aside from Friday Five, and that might have been his only credit. I didn't look up his IMDb. But it kind of got me thinking about Friday Five. Uh, to me, I think that's an important entry in the series, not from an interesting aspect of, like, well, it's so deep and the plot's so thick and heavy. I just thought it was interesting the direction it took. Because I feel like it's a lot like <laughs> Halloween 3, where when it came out, people were like, this movie sucks. There's no Myers. It's fucking Tom Atkins fucking huffing his way through this young girl. But you look at it years later, and you're like, you know what? This is kind of fun. I dig this movie. And that's the way I feel about Friday 5. Like, I actually like it now when I watch it. Knowing full well that it's not Jason, but it's still a fun movie. The creative guests, you know, and the, the cast is kind of diverse. So I wanted to get your guys' perspective on Friday Five and where it stands with you guys in the pantheon of Friday movies. Cool. This is all you, man. You're the huge Friday fan. Oh, I mean, you know, I I have a love for all of the Friday the Thirteenth. You know, even the bad ones. Um, you know, some I've seen more than others, but. You know, for me, Friday Five was the second um, full Friday the 13th movie I ever watched. Um, Again, Hmm. like, we would go to my Uncle Wayne's house, and, you know, he was the one who put on Friday 13th Part 4, you know, which just blew my mind to watch, you know, this this whole murder go down. And as a kid watching, you know, Friday the 13th Part 5, and it's continuing the Tommy Jarvis story, like, to me... You know, never seeing one through three at that point, you know, it all just kind of made sense. Um, It was like, well, of course this is what happens, you know. And I remember trying to, like, I never realized as a kid that that was not Jason. Like, I never picked up on the fact that it was Roy and that Joey was his kid and all of that stuff. Mm. It just, you know, just was. Like, I never understood the ending when he falls off of the thing and the mask, like, opened up or whatever. Like, to me as a kid, I rationalized it. It's like, oh, I guess, you know, Jason's face peeled off or something. (laughs) Obviously, looking at that movie now, it still holds like a place dear in my heart, but because of the comedy in it, you know, I just oh, yeah. find it yeah. very humorous. It is, it's, it's got fucking demon, you know, it's got a guy <laughs> getting murdered in a fucking outhouse in a trailer park. Uh, it's got Reggie the Reckless screaming like a girl, and I just yeah. think all of that is fantastic. It's got Violet pop locking to pseudo echoes. You know, man in your eyes, you know, fucking song. You know, as she gets killed. Awesome. You know, one of my favorite fucking, you know, songs. 
It's got Tommy Jarvis pulling out kung fu moves to beat yes. up some hillbilly. And yet when it comes time to actually go up against Jason, he just freezes and does absolutely nothing. Well, I think it was just a sight of seeing that mask, you know, that kind of brought him down to his core of like, oh, shit, he really is back. This is really happening. But it's like, no, dude's fucking super skinny, and he's wearing a different mask. Stop, Jason. You're cool, man. Where do you learn martial arts? That is the true question. (laughs) Whatever sanitarium he was at, I guess they had judo classes. Yeah. And it's like, well, we got pottery. I gave him dog food. (laughs) And then we have karate, you know, uh, at some point. Um, but, yeah, it was, it was that. But it was also – the thing that always bothered me about part five is that Roy Burns, as Jason, never went after Victor Fadden. And I felt like after years of watching it, instead of having the weird, ambiguously gay couple of the two guys wearing biker clothing in the woods, even though it's fun <laughs> to that could These have been cunts aren't going to wait all night. <laughs> <laughs> I'm That's a quote. A I'm sorry. I'm going to toilet paper. You know, that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> yeah. But instead of having those deaths, which are fun, and they are, uh, Victor Fadden could have been getting transported to, to the main prison or to another place. And Jason, as Roy Burns, could have stepped out, killed the people transporting him, killed Victor. It just never made any sense. Like, your whole goal is to go after the guy that killed your son, and you're not doing it. Like, you're just killing the people, like, Pemo Voorhees style almost. You're killing the people that you blame for his death, but not the person that caused it. So it always kind of okay. bothers me. Which, again, though, makes sense in the fact that, one, you know, that is what they were trying to do, is go back to the murder yeah. mystery that was the original Friday the 13th. Um, but then on top of it, too, though, again, like, you're not talking about, you know, we're not in the city. We're not looking at somebody getting transferred. You know what I mean? He's going to be sitting there in the cell in Crystal Lake at their place for a while. I just, I, I don't see how he would have had any ability to get uh, to Victor. What would have been nice would have been, well, I mean, again, obviously Roy's dead at the end. So if had Victor like popped up again in like another one of the movies, only to be murdered by Jason, I think that would have <laughs> yeah. been like a funny little aside. You know, like maybe in Jason goes to hell or something. Yeah, it would have been great. You know, I just I always felt like, you know what, the guy that killed your son is the one that gets off scot free. Um, you know, never understood it, but again, you're trying to go for the Mrs. Voorhees angle with Roy. Um, and I don't need to exclude your monkey at all. I want to get your thoughts on Friday Five as well. No, like like you guys said, it's not so much it's that it's one of the strongest movies, but it's definitely a very fun movie to watch. It's a, it's it's a very fun throwaway movie to pop in and just enjoy the murders with. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it, it's often neglected, you know, in the Pantheon. Because just like I said with Halloween 3, you don't have Michael Myers in that one. and this one, you don't really have Jason either. You have fake Jason. So I feel like people just want Jason. You know, they don't want the fake Jason. But there's a lot to enjoy. You know, like the ghoul had said, with the comedy, with the murders, with Reggie the Reckless, with Demon. You know, there's just a lot of fun to be had with that movie. It's got a great pair of tits in it. Multiple. Yeah, Bobby Suborn. pairs of tits. But yes, yeah. yes, that, that woman, De- Deborah Voorhees, is that, that who she was? Well, her real name in real life is Deborah Voorhees, yeah. She had a great fucking rack, man. Like that was, that <laughs> yeah. was just a beautiful thing to see as like a nine-year-old kid. Like those were fucking tits, <laughs> like big, beautiful tits. It was, it was the finest, and plus because her name was Voorhees too in real life. 
was kind of adding the kind of humorous uh, explanation point on that. I got we're showing didn't you didn't find that out. <laughs> didn't find that out until much later. I'm actually Facebook friends with her now. Um, oh, that's nice. Which coming together? Yeah, it's pretty. It's Show pretty me cool. your titties. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I could never. <laughs> well, I mean, you met uh, the one actress that was in Five. So I was with you. At, I think it was at uh, Chillercom where you met the, the actress. Yes, Melanie Kinnaman, who I had, like, the biggest crush on as, again, like I said, I was, like, nine or ten when I first saw this, and I had the biggest crush on her. I just, yeah, I think that was, like, the start of, like, my mommy, my mommy issues, and, uh, yeah, I just thought she was so hot, you know? She had that, like, that fucking, that raccoon-type eye makeup that I still enjoy to this day. The ghoul girl pulls that out for me every now and again. And, uh, yeah, I had a, a very nice time meeting her at, uh, at Chiller. She was a very nice lady, and, you know, we talked about things, and she had me sit with her for a while and just hang out with her, and it was a good time. Yeah, great time, and, and yeah, Shavar Moore as Reggie, you know, poor guy can't catch a break. First, he almost gets raped by a bike shop owner, then he has to face off against fake Jason. You know, as a kid, couldn't catch a break. Poor <laughs> Shavar Moore, you know. <laughs> So scream, dude. <laughs> he draws all the weirdos to him. That red red jumpsuit that he wore, the the hoodie sweatshirt and the red pants. <laughs> that outfit. <laughs> Driving that tractor. Which again, that's another thing that I forgot to mention. How Roy uh, Burns could get all these injuries afflicted to him, but still get up after it. After getting hit with a tractor, after getting nailed with a chainsaw, he's still coming at everybody. It's like, all right, if he's human. He's probably going to have to take an aside for a second next fuck. Losing a lot of blood here. I'm feeling fucking woozy here. Like fucking Stu and Scream. But he was pos- see, he was possessed by the spirit of Jason. And that's, mm. that's what actually happened. We, just, we didn't see him eat the heart. Yeah, that would have been a lot better. If he had eaten the heart of Jason, he'd be like, I'm Jason now. Like, well, no, you're very skinny. You're wearing uh, you know, coveralls that Michael Myers would wear. So obviously you're not, but it's fine. But the elaborate costume. (laughs) (laughs) Just the fact that Roy had to fucking make the rubber mask to put over his head and then put the hockey mask on. Yeah, attention to detail, Roy. Way to go. (laughs) Don't just put the hockey mask on. But put the the rubber mask over that mask. So, yeah. Roy was going for attention to detail. You know, what would have been actually, would have probably made a little more sense was had he had stolen the mask from one of Tommy's masks, you know, so that when he got, like, maybe at some point the fucking, you know, the hockey mask pops off, and there's Tommy face-to-face with one of his own creations, you know, questioning, Mm -hmm. like, what the fuck am I looking at? (laughs) (laughs) And the other thing that kind of never really made any sense to me either is where Trish was after part four. Like, they never even have an aside of, like, oh, well, she doesn't want anything to do with Tommy anymore. You know, she's off doing her own thing. Like, she survived. She lived. You just never hear from her again. She just pieces out. Well, I mean, I I would venture she's living a semi-normal life with, you know, with a psychotic brother. So he's (laughs) stuck in the uh, the halfway house. Well, that's true. I mean, but even in part four, after Jamie Lloyd stabs her stepmother – they have that line in part five where it's like, yeah, your stepmother's doing great. 
She doesn't want to visit you, but she sends her regards. Like, well, fuck no, she yeah, doesn't well, visit you. They're <laughs> off in fucking Hawaii or some island somewhere or some shit, man, which is yeah. such bullshit. Because, I mean, the reality is in Halloween 4, at the end, the mother was supposed to be killed. But then whatever mm-hmm. they decided to do when they changed things over for part 5, they were like, oh, no, well, since Jamie's not going to be the murderer, we can't have her be a killer. We're going to, you know, just go right on with uh, just saying, nope, uh, mom was just you know, stabbed and then just very badly injured. Oh, yeah. Monkey? Oh, no, no, no. I was I was catching myself from tripping. Sorry. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to have a great point to bring up, but nope, just trip. Okay. Oh, sorry. <laughs> it happens. Um, so, yeah, that that's the whole thing. Um, again, like I said, Friday Five, one of my favorites in the series. Um, it used to be Part Six, but recently became Part Five over the years because it's just a, a fun entry that often gets disregarded. I mean, talk about the Friday series and where it went, you know, with the, the heart eating, like the bullet said, taking them into space, you know, all these other bullshit that they did with Jason. You know, I, I like the first six, you know, I thought that was the, the classic Jason. I mean, even part seven, I have a soft spot for Carrie versus Jason and, and say what you will about New York, but Kane Hodder did fucking kill a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> just, yeah, just not in not New York, in New York. Canada. Yeah, well, on a, on a cruise ship in, in Canada. But um, so I want to move away from that to Kurt Russell, who apparently is playing Santa in a Christmas movie now. And I just kind of found out about this uh, recently. Apparently, there's a movie where he plays Santa Claus. I guess the family feature. Netflix, but huh? it's good to see Kurt Russell back in films. I always like seeing him. Uh, the last one that he was in, uh, The Hateful Eight. Uh, the Quentin Tarantino movie, I thought he was fucking phenomenal in that movie, and I recommend that to a lot of people. If you like westerns, a little bit of mystery involved, a great one. I've only seen the still shot of this movie poster, like you know, I've only seen the poster, and yeah. but but man, he looks amazing in this poster, right? Like he, yeah, yeah. it's just he pulls up a great Santa just in the poster. Yeah, fantastic. You know, just with the beard. Because, you know, Kurt likes to grow the beard and the mustache for roles and everything like that, which is fine. Uh, but he actually talked to USA Today recently about Dwayne The Rock Johnson going in to do the Big Trouble in Little China movie, which is not even in pre-production yet. It's just a thought right now that eventually when The Rock gets done with all the movies that he's doing right now, he'll get the Big Trouble in Little China. So the reporter asked uh, Kurt if he's going to be in the movie, because obviously he's in the Fast and Furious franchise now with The Rock. Uh, and he said, I'm probably not going to be in big trouble, so don't expect to see a cameo. But, you know, we're great friends, and that's his movie. And the only thing I told him is, man, make a good movie, man. Just make it good. I was like, well, that's typical Jack Burton. <laughs> you know, there's only one piece of advice I can give you, make it a good movie, Rock. But I would like to see Jack Burton in the movie, and I think that's a tease. I think that The Rock would like to put him in the movie. You know, I would hope anyway especially because they do have a working relationship with uh, the Fast and Furious movies. You know, they have a little old man Jack cameo in the Big Trouble movie. I didn't know what you guys thought about that. Well, they, they are doing the old man Jack thing right now, I think through IDW and yep. at the, at the comic book series. It is right now, yeah. Not a not a, a film feature. Yeah. Um, I would yeah. like to see it in a film, you know, especially it is a very, the Big Trouble movie. It is a very especially poorly drawn comic, I want to say that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I, I was Go interested ahead, when I saw saw the things, but then oh mm-hmm. shit, sorry, Lou. 
Yeah, I'm gonna say, Ghoul, what do what do you think about that? Uh, Kurt Russell being old. Uh, I would love to see him in it. You know, I mean, anytime they give respect to the uh, to the original film, it's always great. And I think if this isn't gonna be a a remake, and The yeah. Rock's not playing that character, then why not have Jack Burton show up? I mean, it may also be a matter of, you know, it could be a financial thing. Could be, hey. Let's see how much money this movie makes, and then we can hold off bringing him back in for the next one. And if Kurt holds mm-hmm. out, you know, he can end up making himself some uh, some good money that way. I mean, who knows? Yeah, I mean, that's a great point, Ghoul. I would like to see how much money this could possibly make because the original Rock was a always makes the box money. office. Yeah, that's true, yeah. too. But the original with Kurt Russell, even with Kurt Russell in it, it was still kind of a flop in the theaters. And it became a cult classic afterwards, where everybody was like, oh, nobody knew China's what it was. <laughs> well, exactly. Um, so I would kind of hope, like you were saying, The Rock has star power. He could bring that to this movie and get people out to see this movie because his name is attached. So even if they don't know what Big Trouble in Little China is, they'll go out and check it. And, you know, to have Kurt Russell, even on a little cameo on the CB in the Pork Shop Express, I think it would be great fan service. And I'm sure Kurt would definitely be up for that opportunity. Who knows? Maybe we'll get a, an after credit sequence like we did with the Evil Dead, you know? Yeah. Go ahead, Monkey. No, I was going to say, just I wanted to ask you guys, opinion here is if, you know, they go ahead and do this whole big trouble in Little China thing, do you think they're going to have to, like, really go around the whole, you know, politically correct stuff? Because, you know, if you watch Big Trouble in Little China now, you know, versus the expectations of the media t- today and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Do you guys think they would have to really change a lot of stuff up? Cool. What do you think? Um, no. You know what? I think that, uh, I mean, again, it, it obviously it comes down to the filmmakers' mm-hmm. thought process and how much The Rock is willing to put out there. Um, mm-hmm. so maybe, maybe it will be a little more politically correct in that regards. Uh, I almost, that saying that and thinking about that now almost makes me wish that it was John Cena, who we have seen him do things that in, in other movies where it is completely just, you know, like mind blowingly how not his regular character, uh, the movie sisters comes into mind as he's wandering around as a drug dealer with a fucking backpack of like everything under, uh, under the sun. Um, all the tattoos. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, I mean, I could, I guess I could see it having an effect. I would hope not. I would hope that they keep it to, uh, to, to the standards that big trouble was back then, but you know, obviously they'll make it for today's sensibilities. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if uh, with big trouble in China, I don't know if I would be that offended watching it, you know, even back then. Like, they didn't, you know, they stepped some boundaries, but I don't think they went overtly over any line, crossing kind of any lines where it's like, oh, that's offensive. Like, you know, they were having fun, and I think that's what it was. It was just they were having fun with the material. It was, you know, a fantasy, action, comedy, uh, you know. So to me, I watch that movie now, and I'm like, I don't see any kind of offensive. I mean, maybe to somebody else they would see something that's really kind of offensive. I mean, other than the guy's sunglasses in the airport, you know, or, you know the slanted-eyed sunglasses, I was like, maybe a little offensive, but at the same time, I just thought it was all done in jest. And I think it was all just done in fun, and it wasn't meant to upset anybody. They were just making a movie and having fun. Okay. 
I mean, that's just my take on it. I mean, you know, like I said, somebody else could be like, well, movies are really kind of offensive with uh, you know, how it treats Chinese people and, and their heritage and the mysticism aspect. But to me, no, <laughs> it's just a fun movie. You know, you got to have to check your sensibilities at the door with those type of movies. They're not trying to say something about a culture. They're just trying to make a good action fantasy movie. Yeah, it's just if they do this, I just hope they go a heavy, heavy PG-13, you know, border borderline R. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but it's got great action set pieces. You know, even today, the effects still stand up. You know, when you watch it, I have the Blu-ray, and I watch it often. Um, it's just a great effects movie with a decent story. So I'm kind of hoping to see what they do with it. Um, I'm kind of glad that they're not doing the reboot. They're not ignoring Big Trouble. They're actually kind of incorporating it in the same universe. So it's kind of like Evil Dead. Yeah. Now it's just Good. more trouble in Little China. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But it's like with, with Evil Dead. You know, Fetty Alvarez made a movie that doesn't step on Bruce Campbell's toes. You know, he makes it his own. It's still in that same universe, but it's not saying we're trying to do better than Evil Dead. We're making our own thing. And I think that's why I enjoy it so much, because it is its own separate beast from the original Evil Dead. Mm. And see, they should have thought about it, and they really could have went somewhere else entirely with this. And if they got mm-hmm. a little person, they could have did Little Trouble in Big China, you know, put a, a little person in, like, actual China. You know. Like little Jack Burton. It would have been fun. <laughs> Who knows? That might have sold, you know, in, in some uh, trades. Um, but, yeah, I, I'd like to see what, he, what they're going to do either way. Um, I'm looking forward to it, and I don't know when it's going to get made. Obviously, The Rock has, like, I think three or four pictures before he can even consider doing Big Trouble in Little China. So it dude just works cool. and works and works. He is a fucking workaholic, man. Yeah, I mean, he's got that game show coming out in January, Titan Games. Yep. Mm-hmm. NBC. So, I mean, yeah. I mean, the guy works. You know, it's, I mean, I know he has a, too. a small role in the uh, the upcoming biopic um, about Paige. Um, that's right. Yeah. And, he pr- and he produced something it. to my family or something like that. Yeah. So, I mean, and, yes. Which looks very interesting. They had the trailer for that uh, at Creed 2. And, uh, you know, I, I think Obviously, I think Paige is very hot as it is, and it looks like the actress that they got is pretty cute as well. So, it works. Oh, that's going to be the actual release? Dad. <laughs> Go ahead, Monkey. No, I was asking the Rock doesn't play her dad. No, no Nick Frost does from Charmed the Vip. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. No, I was asking if this was going to be theatrical release. Yeah, yeah, theatrical. Oh, as as I don't think Okay, because I'd only seen trailers on WWE Network, so I thought it was going to be a WWE film. Well, it is. No, uh, no, no. It, it is, is a WWE movie. film, but it's not just coming out on the network. This is going full theater. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely going full theater. <laughs> <laughs> WWE films so typically go full theater. <laughs> Unless you're a Mariner and you watch Marine 6, and that goes right to DVD. Uh, uh, I still have yet to... I have still yet to finish Marine One. <laughs> you're not missing much. Yeah. I mean, I like John Cena, but yeah, you're not missing much with the Marine. <laughs> you know, you could skip that one. Just like 12 rounds. It's like, yeah, no, I'm good. 12 rounds is a real tough movie to get through. So many. You know what? I, I watched it. We own it. It's one of the films that, that the Ghoul Girl brought in with her DVD collection. And uh, before we had any other 
ability to watch things. You know, it was just straight up DVDs, and that was one of the ones right. I watched. It wasn't terrible. I didn't I didn't hate it completely. Oh, twelve rounds. I didn't love it, but I didn't hate it. Yes, twelve rounds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not a bad movie. It's just that, like, every five minutes they have to have an explosion with John Cena jumping up into the air. I'm like, all right. <laughs> I mean, things blow up in this fucking town. Everything just seems oh. explosive. I just, I, just, I just revisited Commando the other night, you know? And, like, I don't know. For me, that's, yeah. like, just a, the penultimate perfect action movie. You know, it's oh, yeah. just about 95 minutes, and that's including credits, and... You know, like I was, I was just telling the kid in the truck with me today. It's like, you know, like you get everything you really need to know about the character right from the very start. You know, within the first five minutes, you see Arnold Schwarzenegger carrying a fucking tree, looking gigantic, okay? You see that he's got a daughter that he loves very much, and an army guy shows up and tells him that members of his fucking group have been being murdered. Five minutes from then, you got explosions, shit getting burnt, uh, blown up, fucking Arnold gets taken out told that he's got to go on some mission and then all hell fucking breaks loose and it's just non-stop till the end of the movie it is it is fantastic you know and i just i love that fucking movie like yeah i went in and the ghoul girl was putting it on to go to sleep because she's cool that way and i ended up watching it to the very end you know it was just like you know not only was it a great choice on her part but you know it's just fucking i just love that damn movie so does she which is great so if you need a girl you need a girl that loves the movie commando <laughs> yeah, well, we all need girls that have their own different tastes in films and what they like to go to sleep to. Find yourself a girl that likes the same taste in movies that you do and never go wrong. Um, but yeah, 12 rounds I thought was the same kind of thing, especially the uh, the cop car chase where he's lifting up a door to deflect bullets off of it. I'm like, okay, now I'm trying to go commando. <laughs> really just trying to have fun with this. What happened to Sully? I let him go. <laughs> <laughs> And this was the first movie that pretty much. This was the first movie that started all of his classic puns that would carry on throughout the rest of his career. Was that uh, was Commando before Predator or after? Before. Okay. Okay. Definitely right. before Predator. Predator was like eighty-seven. I want to say Commando was like eighty-five, eighty-four, maybe even. Okay. All right. I was going to say because there's yeah. the classic Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, lines in that movie too. Yeah, so kind of oh, hard. Yeah, I just remember watching that as a kid, and like my mother going on and on and on about the fucking Porsche. You know, like, oh my god, look what he's doing to that car! Oh, blah 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 blah. And then like the, it was one of the first times in a movie that I noticed, like when they they fucked up. Like the Porsche gets completely like just annihilated throughout this entire car chase. Arnold then flips it over onto its side, you know, back onto its wheels. And when they go to drive away, you see that the car is no longer damaged at all. And, like, I remember seeing that as a kid. And, like, it was, like, the first time I ever caught, like, a major mistake in a film. It just ruins the whole experience for a while. You're like, wait a second. Oh, not at all. Not... <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, it's still a fun experience. You know, because what I was saying with Predator... I just I don't think there could ever be a more hand, what manly fucking handshake than between Carl Weathers and Arnold Schwarzenegger where they have fucking glistening off their fucking muscles. You son of a Dylan. bitch. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna grip your hand as hard as I fucking can, brother. And we're just gonna pause it on that. Like, damn. This movie is just fucking they were bleeding both, testosterone. Both jacked, man. Both 
jacked, too. Fucking mm. Carl Weathers' arm was huge in that movie. Um, I just actually purchased, when you brought that up, I just bought The Predator last night on Xbox, and I have yet to watch it. So, so you have to let me know how that is, because I also have it, a, a copy of it downloaded. So I'm, I'm waiting to get into it, but, yeah, I kind of want to hear what you think first before I dive in. Because I heard good things, but at the same time, kind of like, ah, eh, you know, save it for a rainy day type of situation. Where I have nothing else to watch, put on the predator. Um, but yeah, and, and in case any of you at home kind of want a little bit more humor with the predator, or predator, I should say, the first one. And I shared this on the Facebook group uh, chat that we have. The ending credits of Predator play great with the Full House theme song. If you ever have a chance to sync it up, just like uh, Wizard of Oz and Pink Floyd's, you know, Dark Side of the Moon album, sync up the credits of the Predator, the original. With the full house theme, and you're gonna have a fucking great time. It is, you know, the best, you know, thing I've ever saw. Because I never understood that at the end of Predator, they had this like really kind of cheesy family friendly like credit sequence where everybody's just smiling at each other. You know, Carl Weathers grabbing the gun, winking at the camera. Like it was like, what, what is this? Because <laughs> they know they all just did a kick-ass job. <laughs> yeah. They're all dead. Just kind of winking at each other, you know. And is just kind of smiling, you know, sitting on the ground. I'm like, what is this? We just watched a great movie. Now we have to deal with this family-friendly stuff? Well, it's just a reminder of what you lost, you know, and what the world <laughs> lost. You know, I actually just watched a, uh, I watched this video that I saw on Facebook the other day. Um, I'll try to see if I can find the, uh, the link and send it to you. But it's, they took scenes from Star Wars mm-hmm. and cut Arnold Schwarzenegger in for all of the Darth Vader scenes. And it is fucking hysterical. I've seen that. It's awesome. <laughs> I have not, but I want to see that. <laughs> I love when people do that. You know, they manage to make that work and it's fucking hilarious. But um, I want to go away from predators and aliens to intergalactic space insects because we have a movie to talk about tonight and that is so Starship alien. Troopers from 1997, directed by Paul Robocop Verhoeven. Mad Monkey, this is your pick, so take it away for us. It is my pick. <clears throat> so, Starship Troopers is a 1997 movie based on the 1959 novel of the same name by renowned science fiction writer Robert A. Heinlein. Bad segue. It, Sorry. <laughs> wasn't great, but I tried. Didn't land it. It's the 23rd century. Earth is in the midst of an intergalactic war with a fearless and advanced insect race from the far planet Klandathu. We'll join Johnny Rico as he enlists into the mobile infantry to do his part, become a soldier and a citizen of the Federation. He's doing his part to help thwart the oncoming alien invasion. Are you doing yours? Enlist today and join the mobile infantry. Would you like to hear more? Want to know more? And stay tuned, <laughs> and stay tuned for tonight's episode of Talking Terror. Now, why I chose it, uh, dude, um, like I said, told you guys before, um, science fiction and, more importantly, Heinlein were always around in my house as a kid. Uh, Heinlein, yeah. hands down, is my father's all-time favorite author. He grew up reading his stuff as a kid, and I did the same thing. My first science fiction novels were Have Space Suit, Will Travel, and Red Planet. What made this book really partial to him and what made him want to make me read it was that he read it for the first time when he was in airborne training for the Army. <laughs> mm. And as for me, I like the book. I do. 
but I fucking love this movie. And before any Heinlein fans get all riled up, I just want to say that I consider them two very, very different creatures. But for me, this is a mm-hmm. very fun film, full of action, full of comedy. It's got tons of witty social satire and lots and lots of just good old gore. Thank you, Bugs, for kicking ass. Which is why, straight off the bat, I'm giving this film a Mad Monkey Sticky Tapioca seal of approval because I fucking love this movie. Ooh, the stickiest of the icky. All right. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Ghoul, what'd you think about Starship Troopers? Uh, you know, man, like, and this, this is going to be one of those episodes that I'm sure if anybody's listening, they're going to be like, oh, great. Here we go. I mean, this is, you can't hate this fucking movie. It's just so much goddamn fun. You know, like I go into so many science fiction films with my arms crossed, you know, for me, it's, you know, obviously Star Wars is always, you know, like one of the first things I think of, but I've seen a lot of sci-fi over the years and I've watched a lot of things and I've read a lot of things and, you know, most of the time, you know, when these movies come out they're they're pretty damn lousy. Um, but every now and again, you get something that just over-exceeds any expectation. You know, I didn't get the joy of seeing this in the theater, but I remember, I think I rented it. And as I watched, like right from the very start, that sarcastic humor that is just in there. This is the universe as if the fucking Republicans ran everything and it is oh, yeah. so, so, so pro-government and all of this stuff going on. And, they, you know, there's a little bit of gore and there's a great set of boobs and hot yeah. eggs and crazy fucking action. Uh, again, this is just a fantastic, fun ride of a movie. I love Starship Troopers. Yeah. You know, and uh, to kind of piggyback on what the ghoul had said, with sci-fi movies, I kind of do the same thing. I'm not a fan of sci-fi movies. I kind of do with the arms folded type of attitude. I don't like space adventures. Um, I'm a fan of Star Trek for a couple of reasons, but, you know, again, it's not my favorite. Like, I like it, but it's not like, oh, I'm a Trekkie man, and I love all this shit. Um, you know, I prefer horror. I prefer slashers. I like zombies. Uh, so Starship Troopers I had seen years ago on the Sci-Fi Network following a MST3K episode. It was on a Saturday, and they were playing movies, and one of them was Starship Troopers. Obviously, it's edited for TV, so I eventually rented the R version. And, yeah, it's just, like the Gore said, you can't hate this movie. It's a lot of fun. It's, like he had said, this is a Republican version of a sci-fi movie. It's incredibly propaganda-driven, um, and it's apparent. And I think that Paul Verhoeven was the right choice for director for this movie because of what he brought to RoboCop with the fake commercials and the news things that happened throughout that movie with the Mm -hmm. 7,000 car, you know, and shit like that throughout the movie, you know, to make you laugh, you know, and all this action. And he brought that to Starship Troopers as well. Um, You know, and as we go into it, uh, one of the things that I brought to the monkey last night is that it seemed like Verhoeven was having a lot of fun with Nazi imagery in this movie, kind of just putting it out there. You know, if I'm going to make a right wing type of movie, I want to make it right wing, and I'm going to make them look like Nazis. Because a lot of the the uniforms, I don't know about you guys, but they screamed Nazi propaganda. Like these guys with their uniforms and even the the higher-ups with their black leather coats and hats. Yeah, yeah, they're taking a little bit from the uh, the Hitler fashion catalog. 
Well, absolutely. <laughs> it's Oh, go ahead, Google. No, 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 please go. Yeah. No, but like you guys said, and I love you bringing up the – first of all, I'm excited that all three of us like this movie, so this is awesome. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, um, you know, far-right extremists here, we're, <clears throat> we're talking about all, all of the symbols for <clears throat> the military all looking like the the early Nazi stuff, you know, before, you know, with the eagle and all that. You know, the black SS uniforms very much yeah. so – you know, like when I was talking to the king last night, he said, was, <clears throat> you know, just saying that they all look like they're getting ready to go after Indiana Jones and the Ark and the Covenant instead of bugs, <laughs> you know. But, yeah, I, I like how, you know, again, this veers hard, hard, very hard from the book. A little bit the, monk on my end. No, you're sounding what? good. Yeah. On my oh, end, you're sounding good, but yeah. you might have cut out in the ghoul's yeah. end. Keep going, mate. Oh. Yeah, but still, I like I like the idea of we go all extremists with the military, all extremists with the government, and this is what it leads to is stuff that we were trying to fight, you know, in the 40s. So be careful. You know, they start right off the bat with be very, very careful about what you wish for. Right. Um, and this is a question I want to pose to the ghoul first because I talked about this with Monkey last night. Uh, do you think they did a good job in handling what it is to be a citizen versus a civilian? Because to me, that's what I brought up to the monkey last night. I felt like they didn't really handle what the perks are of being a civilian versus being a citizen. You know, yeah, if you're a citizen, you can vote, you can do certain things. But if you're a civilian like Johnny Rico's parents, you're kind of well off. You're rich, living in a great house. You're not citizens. You're civilians. So, like, was that one of those things where you're like, well, what's the difference? Because that was my question throughout the entire movie watching this round. It's like, well, who cares? I'd rather be a civilian. Why do I have to be a citizen? Well, I mean, I think it was one of those where I, I don't think everybody was well off. You know, I just think the the particular families that we focused on, or at least Rico's family was. Um, you know, we also don't know if his father is – I mean, obviously, he seems like he's just a civilian. Um right. You know, and I, I would guess that he was. He didn't do his term. He never mentions about doing it or anything like that. But uh, yeah, again, I think it's one of those where you know maybe it could be inherited through your family, so that's how they kept their wealth. Uh, we don't mm-hmm. know. You know what I mean? We never get much into what the world is like there on Earth. Everything about this movie is simply, you know, it's all all seen through the military eyes. Um, and a couple of branches of it. But, uh, yeah, no, I think uh, if I was in this world, I'd judge from all the action and, and the fun they seem to be having. I think I'd be going, going to be a citizen, man. Right. Google, I'm sorry, but you're starting to break up on my end. No, uh, I mean... I'm getting bit, the same but... thing on yours, man. I'm hoping this isn't a blog talk thing. Yeah, oh. well, hopefully it's not. Hopefully we can continue... Um, but, yeah, uh, what were you saying, Monkey, to me last night about citizenship versus uh, civilianship? You know, the differences, at least, that you noted? Because they didn't really well, for, kind of explain it in the movie. Right. But first of all, I'm going to echo everything that the ghoul just said, because that's what I said to you last night, is you don't know the shape of the rest of the world. You only know the shape right. of Buenos Aires. You know, which, well, we can and talk about the, that. <laughs> and, the, and, the, and the rich families that are there. So, of course, they're going to opt not to go military. They're not going to you know, do the civil service. They don't need to. They are fine, all right? Mm-hmm. Um, but for everyone else in the world, 
the thing is, you know, you're not rich, you're not wealthy, you know, you're not well off, you're not going to a good school. So, yeah, then you want to go for citizenship where you you can vote. It's easier to have children. It's better to get jobs, you know. Right. <clears throat> you know, you do your stint and you're fine. Not everyone has to go Mai. There's lots right. and lots of other branches, you know, but you do that so you can get the perks of trying to get a stable life. You know, but again, we don't know the situation of the rest of the planet. We just know Buenos Aires. And, yeah, if they're all doing well and rich and sitting in their big-ass mansions, of course they're not going to go for a fucking two-year stint. You know, instead they're going to go to Zabba the Beach, you know. Yeah. Go go there. Mm-hmm. Um, because, to me, um, Johnny Rico, played by Casper Van Dien, thought it was great. I, I liked him in this movie. To me, he seemed like the type of guy that would want to join the Federation. He would want to be in the fight. He would want to fight the bugs. He would want to get citizenship. He wouldn't want to do it because of a girl. And I felt like that was kind of a weak point, to have Carbon Ibanez played by Denise Richards. And I'll say it now, hot take, I'm not a fan of Denise Richards. Never have been. Uh, Wild Things being the exception. Uh, That's the only movie I saw her in that I actually liked. But in this movie... I can't see a guy like Johnny Rico joining specifically because she wants to join the Federation. I think that he would want to do it on his own because he's just full of testosterone, wants to fight, wants to make a name for himself. And it shows the route of, well, my girl's doing it, so I guess I do too. <laughs> like, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know what you guys thought about that, but it was weak. Go ahead, Gould. I mean, I have to apologize, man. I don't know if uh, if you guys are hearing it, but I'm getting, like, all kinds of feedback and, and weird sounds coming through on this thing. I barely heard what you said there, man. Uh, we were talking about Johnny Rico, you know, joining up with the Federation. You know, should he have done it for a girl or just done it on his own because he's full of testosterone and a young guy? Uh Johnny Rico, yeah, I mean, he obviously joined for a girl. I think it was, you know, it's, it's just a tried and true tale. We we see these kind of things in other other films and and whatnot. Yeah, I don't I don't know if I liked it though. I mean, I just I felt like that's a guy that's going to want to be a part of the Federation. He's going to want to fight because he obviously doesn't do well in school. You know, he's failing at math. He's not a psychic. So why not yeah. just join the Federation? Because you keep skipping the the whole thing of no matter how pissed off he is, no matter how testosterone driven he is, he's just a spoiled rich kid. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's our hero. He he is our hero. But right now he's just a spoiled spoiled rich kid, and that's why everyone else that's in MI training and the roughnecks that we're gonna get to later, you know, they all still just consider him a spoiled rich kid. Right. And, and, and to that point, he is in a way. But I felt like, you know, he could have said, you know what, I'm a spoiled rich kid. I want to make my bones in the Federation. Like, I want to define my own career path. I want to join the infantry and fight on the battle lines against any of these bugs and make my own way. Instead, it's, well, you know what, I'm going to be doing the whole thing where my girlfriend wants to be a pilot. So I'll just follow her like a lovesick puppy dog. Yeah, but that's again, I think we've all done things for girls, you know. We we've made crazier choices in life. Yeah, no, I mean that's true. We have, um, but I do like uh, Radchek 
who's the history teacher, played by Michael Ironside, who I'll watch anything he does. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. Um, but kind of playing the guy that wants to discourage people from doing the Federation work, you know, where it's like, you he's know, not, there's another path for you. He's well, not just play. the guy. He's their teacher. Come on, man. He's their history teacher know, in high school. I don't mean to put it as he's just a guy, but I'm just, I'm saying that he kind of <laughs> plays the discouraging factor. Yeah, uh, isn't that just Jeremy know. Irons walking around in the street going, don't join the military? <laughs> no, he's not. But he's also trying to tell them that, you know, there's another path. Like, you don't have to join the Federation if you don't want to. Like, you know, you could you could get an education, you can move on, you could do whatever you want. You don't have to have the Federation be your only goal in life. If you want to, great, but you don't really have to. But, you know, with that in mind, um, you have Neil Patrick Harris, who, again, I love Neil Patrick Harris, you know, and especially in his role, where, again, he's like the perfect Aryan race type character for this movie. You know, Johnny Aryan in this movie. Right? I know, you know, I know he's like light comic relief in it, but mm-hmm. he kind of is scary. A little bit. Oh, yeah. He's intimidating. Um, Especially later. A lot later, yeah. But um, the whole thing, that, this is what uh, confused me, Ghoul. I don't know if it confused you. I talked about this with the monkey last night. They have a, a part where they're joining the Federation. You have Neil Patrick Harris. You have Denise Richards and Casper Van Dien joining. And Neil Patrick Harris says, well, I, got, uh, I thought I was going to go for research and development, but I got games and theory. That's high you know, intelligence. All right. And you have Carmen saying, I got pilot, which is what I wanted. And you have uh, – Rico saying, oh, I got infantry, so it's great. Well, where did that come from? They didn't really have a scene showing them how they got selected for the classes that they're going to be in. And I felt like that was kind of missing well, this, from this movie. There's obviously testing involved, you know. I mean, just like if you – like I, uh, you know, at one point I had been doing via your scores on that test, you know, and that's how they, they differentiate what you could be capable of doing. You know, I just took it as part of the military machine that did it. I mean, and it's like that in real life, too. Right. Yeah. And they um, just didn't show that scene. It, they they went and did their testing because they said they were going to do that, and then we don't need to see them sitting down at a piece of paper filling out a form. <laughs> we, all we need to know is the result. Right. And, you know, it's, it's based on their scores. I did like the fact that uh, Rico, who gets infantry, goes, yeah, I got infantry. And the guy's like, all right, that was me too. Right on, man. And then you see that he's missing both his legs and one of his arms. It, it <laughs> made me the it man that me, I am today. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that should be you too, Rico. Who knows? One day, maybe. Um, but I do like the fact that they separate everybody. So you have the infantry doing their boot camp training. You have the pilots doing their training. Uh, and I apologize because I keep forgetting what Neil Patrick Harris's character name is. I want to say Paul, Carl. but I think that's wrong. Carl. Carl. Carl, yeah. He goes <laughs> off, and you don't fucking see him again until halfway through the movie in one of the propaganda tapes, you know, blasting away one of the bugs. Um, but it's a great kind of separation of like, well, she's going to do pilot training. You're going to do infantry. And I like the fact that they focused on the infantry training because – you have Clancy fucking Brown as Zim being mm-hmm. the boot camp commander. And I loved it because, again, I'm a huge fan of Clancy Brown, and I forgot that he was in this movie. And when he showed up, I'm like, oh, this is great. Bring on Clancy Brown, everybody, because he could act the shit out of this movie, and he did. 
Yeah, I fucking love some of this shit. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, no, he definitely was a presence. Um, you know, I'm oh, sure yeah. <laughs> at some point or another, I'm sure Verhoeven would have loved to have gotten like Ar- Arlie Ermy in there or something. But you know oh, what? Sure. You didn't need a man. You know, nope. Zim was just fantastic. You know, from the very moment yeah. you meet him, when he breaks the fucking the the, the Hicks arm, man, it's just fantastic. <laughs> yeah. You ain't even got what it takes that, to with me. <laughs> <laughs> but not only does he break the Hicks arm, um, but he also encounters, uh, you know, uh, Dizzy, who comes in and she's like, yep, I'm joining up. What's up? And then she immediately takes her jacket off to fight him. And he's like, well, okay, <laughs> if you want to fight, I'll bring it right to you. And, he, and she gets a few licks in, but now he gets the upper hand, chokes her out with a knee to the throat. Like, yeah, still, you're not beating me. I don't care if you're a woman or a man. I still got the upper hand. Oh. She does better than the other dude. Oh, a lot better. Yeah. But still, she ends up getting choked out, too. <laughs> you know, the, the eyes rolling I mean, back. We, now, the one thing, too, though, is, is, like, we're saying that, you know, Johnny going to join for a girl was, you know, uh, a bad thing. But what about the fact that I think that Diz joined for him? I agree. Oh, yeah. She, she 100% agreed, but she can hold her own. <laughs> yeah. Yes, but what we learned, because remember, there was that sport that we saw them playing when they were still in school, Um, Mm -hmm. and him and her have a conversation. She was going to go play pro, Um, and she was saying, you know, she was going to go to this one, this team, or the other team if they're going to let her start. Yeah, Tokyo, if they they let her start. So Mm -hmm. she had an option to go and be a professional sports player and instead decided to, to join up, so... Well, yeah, and I'm glad that you brought that up too, Ghoul, because I brought that up to the monkey last night. Um, Dizzy, you know, all tits aside, I, I like Dina Meyer. I think she's a fantastic actress. She's very easy on the eyes. So I thought hot, I would have liked it if she had stayed his best friend. Like, there's nothing wrong with having a female be your friend. Like, it doesn't no, have to but be romantic. Like, I wanted him to fuck her hard. <laughs> it, it, but again, it felt unnecessary. Like it, it did to me anyway. Oh, it was. I don't think it was necessary. It was necessary. I just. It was. You can see the tits in the shower. It's fine. Like you know. Yep. You don't have to see him again. I just. I felt like Rico and Dizzy should have just been friends. Like that's just the way it should have been. And that's, you know they didn't need to add the romantic. Well, Dizzy's obsessed with Rico, and you know maybe she joined up for him. Maybe she did. Maybe she just wanted to prove herself. I don't know. To me. I felt like they could have stayed best friends throughout the entire movie, and that would have been fine. Because you get to see your tits in the show. So it's like, you know, you, you get that. You, you don't need to have a love scene. You do. But, yeah. But also, dur- during this whole uh, introduction scene of Zim, all right, we have Zim being a badass. He's being hard as fuck, all right? He's being what a drill sergeant is supposed to be. He is being your stereotypical badass drill sergeant. The big difference here, though, is... You know, if things get too tough or you want to cry for your mama, you can always go to Washout Lane. The option right. to quit is right. there. Because once you sign it up, doesn't mean you are actually stuck for you two years. Because, again, this is, the, you know, this is one of the major differences between the book and the movie is right. here they, they are, and I'm not going to bring up the book a lot. I'm just, it's just, this is a big, big, big difference. Is well, Pepper, in the, yeah. yeah, is in the books, you know, it is encouraged 
to gain citizenship. The government will find something that you can do. All right? right. Here, they don't want you to be a citizen. They don't want you to be a part of the active government. So they're going to sit there and give you the option to quit all you want, all day long. You know? Mm-hmm. Well, we're in this movie, it's kind of like, you know, walk out, you know, the wash out lane, which I did like. Yep. Um, Another character we haven't talked about yet is Ace, played by another favorite of mine, Jake Busey. I like that guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I will watch anything that he does. Him and his father are great actors. But as Ace, like, I was totally behind this character because, uh, like the monkey and I talked about, you know, Ace and Rico start out as frenemies. You know, they're not against each other, but at the same time, they kind of are because they both want to get squad commander. Um, but they had that great moment where, Rico finally gets that tape from Carmen where she's like, hey, I'm going to be a pilot, so I don't have any time for you. So, yeah. Let's be friends, though, right? Like, totally cool. In front of everybody in his fucking squad, they all have to yeah. watch this go down. Like, crushing fucking moment for Rico. That's uh, well, because she was a bitch and a tease, man. You know, she yeah. was a cunt right from the start, man. Like, the stuff that yes, was going on with Xander at the school, yep. you know, she played Rico. She liked being with, uh, you know, the star football player yeah. on the team, yep. you know, yep. and, and that's what that came down to. Um, yep. At the school you know, dance, she wouldn't they, tell him that she loves him. Yeah. No, yep. you know, well, she she said it to him when they said goodbye, though, so. Because he forced it to like, say it. She, she, say she it. tried it on for size. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, forcing her to say it, and she didn't even mean it, you know, and yeah. yeah. But the whole thing with Ace saying, you know, yeah, they all want to be best friends after they break up with you, right? <laughs> you know, it's because he gets it, you know, and yeah. I just, I really appreciated that character and how they became friends after that. Um, the fact that for some reason he's a violin player, like, I, cool, I'm in it. Excellent, <laughs> you know? excellent little you know? touch. It's just so funny yeah. seeing him in the background during the one yeah. scene when Rico is sending the tape to her. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you got him in the background playing the violin and the, the red-headed, short-haired chick, like, singing all a prodic and everything. Just such <laughs> great little touches with these characters. And the, uh, the but, one guy that pulls down his pants and farts right in front of the camera. Uh-huh. Yeah, Brian Austin, Brian Austin Green look alike. Yes, that's right. Yeah, the fact that he does that. Um, and while and while that's going on, all right, is you've got all of them getting their asses, you know, busted and busted down in basic here. Then it flashes to her watching this in her basic training, where Which is just, that, yeah, yeah, where we learn that basic <laughs> training for fleet is pretty much you're just sitting in an office, all right. <laughs> You're comfortable. You have air conditioning. You're up in the the ships that are in the atmosphere, you know. And yep. this is to show the difference between the MI and fleet. And pretty, much, I took it as pretty much the difference between the Marines and the Air Force. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> MI does a dying, fleet does a flying. Yep, it all comes down to it. You know, you know yeah. they're they're, yeah. they're all needed though. You know what I mean? Oh, so they, they in the are, end, they, they are. are all working for the same common goal. Um, yeah. But yeah, there is obviously, you know, there there is. And in real life, you know, between the, the four major branches of the military, there are, you know, tensions yeah. and, and challenges. But, you know, by the end of the day, they all do need each other, and they know that. Yeah. And they do. But what, um, but what they, and the other thing I, I liked about the, the basic training is that, you know, they're, they're going through their training regiment, and they have the one point where they have live ammunition, 
Which I'm like, oh, okay, live ammunition. So we're just going to have that. We're not going to have dummy rounds. We're actually going to have live rounds. And they have the, 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 the little figures popping up so they can shoot at them. And you have the one guy with the helmet. He's like, I can't shoot through my helmet. Yeah, let me take it off. <laughs> I guess because I'm big and I'm dumb. <laughs> yeah. Let me take off my helmet real fast. So let me take a look at it. And Rico takes the blame because he's the squad commander. Um, and Dean Norris, who plays, you know, the, the head of this camp for Breaking Bad, loved him in Breaking Bad, um, and a couple other shows, Dean Norris. But he tells Rico, well, if you're going to stay in this, I guess we have to give you some administrative punishment. Like I told the monkey, I'm like, oh, maybe he's going to have to file some papers, answer some phones, you know, be a receptionist, get some coffee. No, he's going to get fucking whipped ten times. Ten lashes and Everybody watches. Well, you know, we we got hints of this earlier in the movie with his dad. You know, he said Mm -hmm. rather than Rico join, he would rather take ten lashes in the public square. You know, so we we knew that this was a possibility in this this realm. Mm -hmm. It was hardcore. And, And like the monkey had said, you have that exposition of infantry training versus pilot training. And I like that kind of fadeaway of Rico getting fucking whipped while you have yeah. Carmen going, ooh, I'm going to fly the ship today. Ooh. Like, I'm like, yep, yeah, there you go. There's your difference. But, but then we have this very real moment with them right before Rico gets his punishment. Yeah. You know, where mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're strapping Rico up, you know, and them just walks over quietly and pulls out of his pocket a rolled up piece of leather and yep. just tells him, bite down on this boy. It'll help. And then he just looks at him and goes, I know. Or, you know. And he spits it out, too, like halfway through the whipping. Like, so it's not helping. Well, I mean, if you watch Zim throughout the the whole entire basic training and everything, um, you know, he's taken a liking to Johnny. Um, There's a scene Mm -hmm. during the lunch where – Oh, you Jake Busey's huh? character is trying yeah. to, like, you know, kind of weasel in and get food. And, you know, his whole thing is he wants to be squad commander. You know, he says it right from the start. You know, that's my job, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But, you know, he you see him in the background watching Rico and how he's dealing with the situation, you know. And he also believes that Rico is salvageable. You know, after they, they lose um, the one guy in the training accident and the one girl leaves because of it, you know, the right. guy says, he goes, you know, we've already lost two people. Do you think, you know, there's anything to save here? And he says, yes. You know, he obviously believes that Rico's got something. Um, mm. So, you know, for him to, to relate at that point and say, like, listen, I've been through this. I, you know, we, we know that he's similar, you know, or at least has similar feelings to this whole thing as Rico does. So, Mm-hmm. I know we say yeah. that Rico joined for a girl, and he did. But like you know, like Jake Busey says, you know, she didn't make him squad captain. You know, she didn't make him good at what he's yeah, doing. Yeah, you did. Yeah, he found his own place. You know, in the infantry, in the mobile infantry. Um, but after the whipping, he decides this is it. I'm wrapped up. I'm ready to go. Like too much. You know, I'm just going to pack my bags. I'm going to walk down. You know, wash out alley. You know, take my walk. Um, and then he's packing his bags, and he goes to his, his, the, uh, the video screen to talk to his parents on the phone. And says, you know I fucked up. I, uh, I got to come home. And I was like, all right, well, were the parents stoned when they did this scene? Because they're like, hello, son. Yes. Uh, not going too well? Where's your uniform? Okay, you can come home now. 
What's that? Looks like rain. Oh, video cut out. Like, you know, this time of year? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was just the most wooden. Like, all of a sudden, they just went wooden acting for this one particular scene. I'm like, all right, don't get it, but it's fine. But then it leads to the fact that you find out, okay, like I told the monkey last night, they're from Buenos Aires. You have the most <laughs> Aryan race looking fucking people from Buenos Aires? Like, I thought this well, was in America. I thought this was like in Texas or something like that. No. Nope. It's in Buenos, Buenos Aires. Aires. I'm like, whoa. South, the fuck? South America. Like, <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I was mind blown. I'm like, what? Johnny Rico's from Buenos Aires? He's so fucking wild. Well, if, if I remember right in the book, isn't he Juan? So Johnny is. is just kind of like a nickname yeah. for it. So, yeah. I mean, I guess they're, they're taking certain things from the book, but we're also in a world in which, you know, obviously America has taken over the world. Yeah. I mean, I just thought it was like a whitewashing moment in this movie where it's like, okay, now we're whitewashing it. So it's well, Buenos well, Aires, but a lot of white people live there. So. Well, while, when the screen goes black, at the same time, that's also because Ivan has, has now been – assigned to the Roger Young. Her and Xander are working the ship at, during the midnight shift. Um, and a giant They're too busy trying to make fucking kissy face and they didn't see the asteroid and because the fucking I asteroid know, yep. wipes out their, their fucking transmission portion, yep. they can't warn yep. everybody that, you know, this gigantic meteor yeah. is coming. I know. Ridiculous yeah. that that happened. Um, and the, and even the more fucking ridiculous in the part where they actually end up meeting up again, Rico and Carmen, you know, during their training, you know, they have that part. Oh, I love that fight Imagine though. Stars Fade Into You is playing in the background. <laughs> is it really? Yeah, I didn't catch that. Stars Fade Into You. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's I want to hold the hand you playing in the background. Yeah, that's when they first get to the Ticonderoga. But you're jumping way ahead there. <laughs> I just wanted to bring that up because I thought that was fucking hilarious. The fact that they had a fist fight during that sequence while that fucking song is playing in the background. Mm-hmm. I was like, yep, nope, mm-hmm. they're going to play that song all through this fist fight. But yeah, go ahead, Mike. <laughs> what are you going to say? Oh, no, I was just going to say, then we have that other Zim moment where we find out that an, an asteroid came down and killed 300 million in the first yeah. hour of Buenos yeah. Aires. And that's when everyone's going nuts at basic because we're going to war! We're going to war, man! And Rico changes his mind, and now he wants to go back into the MI. And that's when right. we have this moment, like the ghoul was saying. He's got like, nowhere to go. <laughs> I've got no place to go. <laughs> no, but Zem, you know, holds up the form where he's put up the signature and goes, is this, this your, your signature? signature? <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't yes. look like it. <laughs> and just rips up the paper and says, get back to work, soldier. That's right. And and, and immediately we we have another propaganda ad that pops up. <laughs> where yeah, this is where you get to see, you know, Neil Patrick Harris again. <laughs> you know, telling you how to kill the bugs, you know, behind the cage. You know, it's like, oh there he is. I forgot about him. There he is doing well. Dude in games and theory. This is where no, the humor is later. also once again seen. Yes, we see oh, that yeah. sequence, but what I love is the scene when we see the bugs eat the cow, right? You know, they stick <laughs> oh, the cow yeah. 
in the fucking censor. room with the bugs, and they censor the bug chopping up the cow. And then the very next <laughs> scene shows you the fucking Mormon base on another planet, and people's bodies dismembered. No censoring going on whatsoever. <laughs> no. They couldn't show us the cow get butchered, but they had no problem showing everybody on television <laughs> all the dismembered fucking people of this Mormon colony. <laughs> Which was the exact same set used for our ending sequence in the movie. But exact same set, except they threw up a big-ass Mormon thing on it. (laughs) Right. And, yeah, so, I mean, we we did talk briefly about, you know, how they're all boozing it up at one point, too, where they all get the tattoos, death from above, which I didn't like, because I was like, that's actually not what they should be getting a tattoo of. And the monkey kind of agreed with me, because that's not infantry. It's airborne. It's no, it's they get they get dropped in though. You know what yeah, I mean? Remember, these guys are getting dropped in. It's like you know how the invasion. Yeah. Okay, like if, if you picture what D Day was, right? But for these yeah. guys, they get dropped in planet side, so they're fucking dropped right. well, in every time. Well, that's why I was telling the king. Also, though, is that Ilmai is a mixture of infantry and airborne. You know, because right. in both the books and in the movie here, yeah, they're both drops. You know, so that's why they did get the you know, airborne tattoos. Mm-hmm. While when they first get on the Ticonderoga, as they're getting ready to go to Clan Dathu to kick some bug ass. <laughs> but apparently at Ticonderoga, yeah. we, we, we find out the mobile infantry and fleet don't mix. <laughs> no, they don't. No, they don't. And that's where you had the Magic Star fade into you playing during the fist fight. Um, it still cracks me up even now. With, you know, no, they got some bad it. music yeah. in the future, dude. That band that's playing at the fucking prom or whatever that is, holy cow! Yeah. It's like listening to a cat dying. <laughs> yeah, wasn't very good in the but, future. But I just want to say, like, real quick, is like the, the whole thing of Ticonderoga. You know, we see, see the Roger Young for the first time. We're getting ready to go for our massive first uh, drop of the first wave. They. B- like, they used some CGI, but they built a shit ton of models for this movie. Mm-hmm. They, they mm-hmm. built a shit load of tons. Like, because uh, like, not too long ago, I actually saw an auction on TV where they actually had the Roger Young model, and the fucker was, like, eight feet long or some shit like right. that. <laughs> you know, and I was just so impressed. It's fucking G.I. You know, Joe like, aircraft carrier. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> man. <laughs> And they do have impressive models, um, and I like the battle on Quandathu. You know where you have you get to finally see the bugs, you know, in all of their fucking disgusting glory, being able to tear people apart, you know, and stick their fucking pincer legs in people's chests. And it was a great mm-hmm. little battle sequence in this movie. Yeah. You know, and get to see some of the casualties that happen. You know, and they're all just gunning away at these fucking bugs, but it's you know not stopping them because they got the numbers. You know, yep. these bugs are, are massive in numbers. And, you know, you only have this one infantry unit kind of going in, you know. So it, it was a great sentence. But we also learned that there's more than one type of bug because all while we have just the plain old arachnids, which is what everyone thought they knew, we also have these giant bugs that shoot shit out of their ass up into space as shrapnel yep. for fleet that are going on up there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But but I love when we have the first wave come and they're letting everyone out and you see everyone running all over the field and it's like, you know, this was a shit ton of fucking extras, man. Yep. <laughs> it's <was> awesome. 
Yeah, they were red shirts in, in Star Trek. You know, they're just expendable. <laughs> you don't need to know who they are. They're expendable. You know, they can get killed, you know, as you see the all bodies being spread apart. So, to me, Clendalfe was a failure for the, the, you know, the infantry. You know, it was a failed oh, expedition. <laughs> yeah, failed, you know, but it was the first wave. You know, it was that first wave okay. of war. You know, where it's but, like, you know what? We may have lost the battle, but we didn't, you know, lose the war yet. Because there's still more yeah. fighting to do. You know, we yeah, still have but, more to do. Yeah, but then this is also where Johnny gets fucked up. Johnny gets fucked up. He, like, you know, trying to save his squad. He gets yeah. nailed in the fucking leg. Uh, he, he, there's a news camera there, you know, and he's screaming in to, to the camera and shit like that. And that's when you find out that this scene is the scene that the movie fucking opened up with. Yeah, yeah. To the one year earlier, Mark, yeah, mm-hmm. which was great. Um, and I love the fact that when he's healing, you know, and he's in that tank, you know, with the oxygen tank in his mouth, you know, you have Ace and you have Dizzy running up to his tank going, kill the action, man. You were killed. You're dead. You're dead. <laughs> just giving a thumbs up to them, you know, and Dizzy kissing him on the tank. Like, all right, well, yeah, we we get it. Yeah. We're gonna have a fuck scene at some point. Yeah. While he's, in, you know, <laughs> while he's floating all naked in the Empire Strikes Back Banta tank. <laughs> I was gonna say that's what I saw was the Banta tank. Yeah, yeah, that's what the monkey told me last night. I'm like, I don't get it. Okay, I'll go with it because I don't know. Um, but now, she, now she gets hot. Yeah. Um, I like, you know, the the sequence where you finally get to see Ratchet now, you know, in his infantry gear. He's got the glove on to cover up his appendage, and it's Ratchet's Roughnecks. And you have uh, fucking Reverend Gabriel from Walking Dead show up as Walking. Mm-hmm. I was like, cool, there he is. Because <laughs> you know, yeah. you watch The Walking Dead. Yeah, I, uh, I had no idea that that was right. him. You know, like, I, I knew Father Gabriel from The Walking Dead, and that was that. Uh, I know that he was recently at the uh, the, the the latest NJ HorrorCon that we weren't able right. to make it to. And as soon as I saw, like, in his listing uh, of films, as soon as I saw Starship Troopers, it, like, there wasn't even, like, a moment where I said, who was he? I went, holy shit, he's the guy that goes... You kill, uh, you, know, you kill bugs good. You know, he is Sugar Watkins, yes. <laughs> Sugar Watkins. And I love him in this movie. You know, when they get to the one planet and he shoots a shit out of that one fucking insect and it's just blowing up in his face. I'm like, do you think that's enough? And he's like, never enough. Like, you know. <laughs> ain't much to look at. <laughs> ain't much to look at after you scrape him off your boot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you also, again... You know, with the propaganda footage, when they're talking about how you could do your part with the Federation, and you have the kids stomping on the cockroaches in the middle of the street. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you too can join the Federation. Do your part. And all the kids are like, yeah, stomping on the bugs. Yeah. And you, you, ha- you have the MI passing out bullets to the kids and letting them play with the oh, gun yeah. and shit. Fighting over the guns. Because <laughs> they just want to hold yeah, them. Yeah. And them just giggling in the background. I like during yeah. the the, uh, the bug stomping sequence when you you look at like I don't know I, I don't know if it's the mom it's the teacher whoever it is but she's just laughing away and hooting and hollering to it too man it's like she looks like she's completely out of her mind and you know again, <laughs> yeah. just, goes right just goes completely with how this movie is so great and then they uh, they go through that second wave with Watkins and Red Checks Roughnecks 
you know, and they kind of get that little victory where they're like, you know what, little victory, we're going to notch in our belts. And you have uh, Ace playing uh, Dixie, you know, the Civil War theme for the South on his brand new violin, <laughs> that green violin well, that he has. Well, where did he get the violin, King? Yeah, who gave it to him? Because he, it was like a present. Like, somebody handed it to him. No. Like, oh, yeah, fuck yeah. Like, you know, he was no, so excited for that. It's because Ratchek expects the best, and he gives the best. That's why. Mm-hmm. After, 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 the, after this victory where Rico becomes corporal after he took out yeah. a tanker, that's when, that's when Ratchek pulls out one big-ass thing full of beer and one big-ass thing full of sports equipment and other shit because he wants his people to have a good time, and that's in order. And I love that, too. Here's yeah. the beer, he says, I and want to here's have a good the time entertainment. Yeah. <laughs> and I love the fact he that, knows, you know... Yeah, go ahead, uh, Ghoul. Okay. I was going to say, he knows these guys need some R&R. You know, yeah. you go oh, through yeah. a big battle like that, that it's, you know, it's time to uh, to at least get a little bit of a of a chill. A and, respite, and, yeah. And yeah, so, you know, it's, yeah, uh, it it's, it's time to get fucking... This fucking party, man. Like, you know, you have Ace playing the violin, you got the music, you got beer. And then you have Dizzy saying, you know, come on, Rico, let's dance. And he's like, you know, I don't do that. And she's like, well, fuck it. And Watkins is like, yeah, baby, what's up? And she's like, okay, you know, dance. Sugar's all over that shit. (laughs) (laughs) And then you have Ratchet telling him, you know, never give up on a good thing, man. Just telling you. (laughs) Just letting you know ahead of time. And he's like, you know what? You're right. I'm going to fuck that chick tonight. (laughs) Real quick, you know. He's like, let's just, uh, you know, let's make out. I made a lot of mistakes, and, you know, I like you, so let's do it. Going into the fucking tank, you know. And it was one of those things, again, like I said, not necessary, but it's fun because you get to see your tits again. Okay. All right. King, shut the fuck up for a minute because Ghoul and I think this scene is completely necessary. So, Ghoul, how about you take Mm -hmm. it from here? (laughs) I remember this scene the first time I watched it. It was like one of those where you just vocally cheered for him. It was like, thank (laughs) you. It's about time. You know, like, again, I felt like Carmen was just a bitch from the start. I thought that Rico should have been hooking up with Dizzy. You know, Dizzy definitely wanted it. Um, She is, you know, in my opinion, the hotter of the broads anyway. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, it, uh, it, yeah, this was like, like I said, it was just a complete and utter cheer moment. And yes, she took that top off and, you know, Rico stops her. And it's just that little moment of kink. It's just her mouth. Oh yeah. I love that fucking shit. Yeah. Ooh, good, you know. <laughs> a little, little bit of 50 shades of trooper. Yeah. Uh-huh. A little bit. <laughs> you know, and, 50 and like shades I said, of bug. Didn't yeah. mind and it I, at the same time. I like Ratchik in that moment where, you know, they're getting ready to get the fuck on. And all of a sudden Ratchik walks in and she covers herself up and he's like, Hey, you know, we're going to suit up in a little bit. Uh, Hey, who are you with? And and she's like, Hey, and he's like, Oh, thank God you're not with a guy. Oh, okay. (laughs) All right. So 20 minutes, you got 20 minutes. And she's like, do you think we could do it? I'm like, do it. I already done it three times in 20 minutes. Are you kidding? I already finished one. <laughs> right. Like, I was already done. Let's go on to the next two. But, yeah, I love the fact that Red Chick's like, oh, thank God. Like, you know, you're not fucking a guy. No. Is that Sugar okay. Watkins in there? It better not be. <laughs> no, and, and, like, <laughs> and 100%, like, the ghoul here is, okay, no, she doesn't have the best body. Like, she's got a 
killer, killer body except for her boobs because, yeah, she's got some flapjack titties. I'll say that. But her I didn't have a problem with they're real, um, man. Match, she's though. got a real yeah. body, dude. She's got a yep. you know, little bit of shape to her. And her, this, but, you know, for her, in my opinion, this was the prettiest she's ever looked. Um, I know yeah. I've seen her again in the Saw films. She mm-hmm. she got a little rougher around the uh, the edges as she got older. She did. No, but I, was, but I was getting at, though, is that the character was just, throughout the entire movie, was just sexy as hell. It's like, you know, she you were drawn to her as a character, and she was just, the way she was written, the way she acted out her stuff, you know, made her very, very attractive. And then yeah. when we actually got to see her, you know, finally get her dream hook up, you know, while you were cheering for Rico, I was happy for her while at the same time going, yeah, I'm going to keep that for the bank later, you know. <laughs> yeah, but you also know that she's going to die. <laughs> that was me too. I was like, well, she's probably going to die because they finally have their moment. And I'm like, yep. Yeah. Finally having the moment of getting together, finally, after all this time, she's probably going to die. And I was like, well, it's a disappointment, because we get that on Planet P. Wow. Way to save um, the buzz, King. Because I knew it. I'm like, there's no way she's going to make it. Like, they're not having this moment to be like, yes, we're a couple now. We love each other. We're going to make it. No, you're not. <laughs> this is Starship Troopers, and nothing's fucking given. Um, and I liked it on Planet P. You know, when they explore it and you have all these bugs coming at you. But I also like the fact that they have the brain bug, which I thought was an interesting element in this movie of having a bug that could actually dip its fucking, you know, tendons into your fucking head and suck your fucking brains out. Ratchet's like, yeah, fucking sucked his brains out. I'm like, yep, that's it. <laughs> um, we learned that the Marines are uh, expendable, man. You know, that mm-hmm. they... Uh, that they were sent in there specifically to figure out for sure whether or not there was indeed a brain bug. You know, up until this point, they were, you know, theorizing that it was, but they had no no proof yet. No, and that's what I wanted to get to next, because you have the, the battle on P where you find out about the brain bug, um, and you have Dizzy getting killed by the one bug, you know, where she's just mm-hmm. sliced open, all the, the tendons going everywhere, and dying in Rico's arms in the worst fucking death I've ever seen. I'm not saying it was a good death, saying it was the worst, because he's like, oh, hold me, Rico. Hold me, because we were together once. Just don't let me go. Oh, I'm like, all right. Like, yeah, I'm good. Just die. Like, just, you know, and why does she get the fucking Star Trek two fucking Spock death, where they have a whole fucking grand funeral for this one soldier? Like, like there's been a lot of deaths in this movie, but why does she get the grand one? with the casket and the whole funeral brigade, like, of her? She's a private. Like, why is there a whole grand funeral for this one particular person? Oh, well, you know, she was special. She was dizzy. To Rico, because he got some of that pussy. Like, you know, but to everybody else, it's just, you know, private. But she got this grand funeral. and But what we talked about, is this when you have fucking Adolf Hitler's son, you know, coming into the fucking scene, Neil Patrick Harris, wearing his fucking Nazi uniform, going, yep, you're all pretty much fucking expendable. And we knew what we were getting into, but we had to find out info. I'm like, oh, shit, they're evil. Federation, man, fuck you. <laughs> you know, it was that one moment where you're like, yeah, they don't care about you. You just hold guns and you fight the insects. They can get a whole bunch of other people to do what you do. Well, we're talking about the survival of the species, people. 
Yeah. I mean, Monkey, what do you think about that when he said that? You know, it's, we don't care. Like, you know, you're expendable. You're infantry. You're going in to do a job. That's it. We lose the monkey? I thought I heard him. Monkey? Monkey? Huh. Oh, monkey. Uh, yes. Sorry. Sorry. I had No, I was saying, trying to say. Monkey has to do a lot, I guess. No. <laughs> I'm beating off. But I was saying that, you know, yes, of course the, the higher military is going to be like that. Yes, they are expendable. And Rico gets a bump in rank. Why? Yeah. Because Ratchet bought it. You skipped over that shit, man. <laughs> well, because bring it up. You know, bring that Ratchet bought it. Because I thought that was a great thing, too. Yeah, but, um, you know, not only does Diz buy it, it in the fort, but then Ratchet buys it because a bug comes up underneath, sucks him down, and Ratchet, being the leader that he is, tells Rico that he knows what to do. Because <laughs> half, of his, half his guts are gone, his legs are gone, his guts are hanging out, you know. And Ratchet expects one thing from his roughnecks. And if she gets rough, to take him out. Because he would do the same thing. Well, he doesn't want to be fucking devoured by a bug, you know. I mean, the guy's already missing an arm, which I thought was one of the funnier things, too. Because the same time that I saw this movie, I was working with this guy, uh, Steve. Um, mm. Worked for my uh, my father's company, and Steve had the exact same like appendage. Uh, in Steve's oh. case, he uh, his what he was he was born that way though. Like uh, I guess his arm yeah. just never developed, so he had like his arm down to just past the elbow joint, which was just always so interesting to watch because, again, he grew up with it like that. So he never bothered getting, like, any kind of, like, prosthetic or anything. Like, and I would watch him work a screwdriver with one hand while working a wrench with that fucking stub. But at the same time, too, I've watched Steve also yell at somebody as he got into an argument with the guy and tell him that he was going to bend him over a stump and stick the fucking thing up his asshole. Um, <laughs> you know, so, so Ratchet very much reminded me of this guy at the same time that I saw this damn movie, man, so it, it was yeah. great. Ian, I apologize for <laughs> skipping over Ratchet's death, because um, I, you know, I, I gloss over it because for time purposes, but yeah, Ratchet, yep, you know, dying the way that he did, you know, passing over it to Rico, taking over, so now it's Rico's roughnecks. I like the fact that when Rico's talking to Ace, he goes, yeah, we're kind of the old guys now. It's like, yeah, but you've always been in it for like, what, half a year? Like, not even that? And now, like, you're the old guys now? Like, you've yeah. seen so much that you're the old guys? That's a fucking lot to take in. Hey, listen, when that many people are dying that quickly, I mean, that's kind of how it goes, you know? Sadly. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just, I'm it's sure that's how a lot of people felt during World War II, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and now you have Rico's Roughnecks with Watkins, you know, telling everybody about them. Um, and we go into... The, the final kind of battle that they have in that movie. Yeah. Where it's, you have to get the bird bug now. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead, and they, No, and they go to attack the planet. Again, the fleet gets fucked up by more ass cannons. You know, fleet gets all fucked up. I, You know, Ivan as his ship gets all fucked up. Her and Xander making to an escape pod, of course. You know, the 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 Flash Gordon looking flames coming out of the back of the escape pods really fucked me up though. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, but, 
But, you know, either way, they go down. Um, they land, you know, they somehow crash right into fucking Blood City. And, and the cave, yep. Yeah, and Carmen's trying to call out. And we finally get to see what a rain bug looks like. You know, it's... A gigantic it's, ball sack with eyes. No, yes. no, it could be... Yeah, a gigantic ball sack that's got a face of a giant pussy. Mm-hmm. It's got a vagina with a fucking spike in it, okay? That's what it's got, man. <laughs> yeah. It is the fucking nastiest-looking vag I've ever seen. Okay, that is the only thing, like, I thought. That thing opened its fucking mouth, and I went, holy shit, that's a vagina. It was, it was so fucking disturbing when you have Carmen, you have Xander. Uh, Xander and both of Carmen are pinned down by the insects, and the brain bug comes out. And Xander taking the final stand against the brain bug, spitting on it, you know, and just cursing at it. And then it just fucking burrows into his fucking head. And you get to see the brain matter going into the fucking proboscis of this fucking thing. I'm like, all right, wow. Fuck, yep, fucking I love it. <laughs> so fucking gross. Shit. At the same time, I couldn't just look away. I was like, oh, man, this is no, great. No. This is what it does. Like, it sucks get your brain down like and gets your fucking fuck. energy. <laughs> you know, and... Then and they try to- yeah, and they try to go for Carmen. No, and mm-hmm. what I find funny is, you know, and then Carmen is able to fend off the brain bug a little bit with a fucking knife. And I yep. just find that funny because of the whole knife throwing sequence earlier during basic training. You know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> can't, you can can't push a button if you can't <laughs> use your hand. You know, and like <laughs> yeah. they did, they did that that movie thing, which you know, worked with Xander because, you know, up until this point, Xander's come off as a douche. Xander has done all these things. Like the fact that him and Carmen ended up on the same ship was not by chance. You know, he saw that, you know, he heard about her and put it together. You know, he wanted to get his dick up in that and he made it happen. Uh, So, so up until this point, you kind of hate the character, but the fact that he actually stood up to that damn thing, um, you know, kind of like gives you that last little bit of like, uh, all right, you know what? He's not completely a douche. He's not a hundred percent, you know, a-hole. I thought the same thing. Yeah, absolutely. I thought the same thing because I hated him up to that point until he stood up to that fucking brain bug and he spits at it. He's like, I don't give a fuck. Like, you know, whatever, man. Like, you know, it was such a great sequence because it's a redeeming factor of that character. Like you, You're meant to hate this guy throughout the entire movie, but he has that redeeming factor, and it leads to his death. Um, and then you have the, the infantry going in and saying, we have to stay on mission. We have to stay on point, and if we go off it, that's an offense. So but, Rico tells the rest of the team, you're on mission. Uh, I need two volunteers. We're going to go this way. So kind of staying on mission, but at the same time, we're going to sneak away. We're going to do what we have to do. But to doing save Carmen because, because we Rico, know where she is. Yeah, but they're doing that because Rico has a feeling. He yeah, know, yeah, a psychic you know, feeling that he never had before. Yeah. All of a sudden now he yeah. has it. Is that he doesn't know how, but he knows that Carmen is that way down the tunnel and Roughneck Zero Zero is going to go the other way down the tunnel. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and you also have Watkins giving his life, which I thought was a great sequence. You know, holding on to the, you know, the big fucking bomb, you know, giving his life for the cause. Nope. Like, oh, Watkins, I love you. Sugar, don't die, man. You can make it. <laughs> no. He's going to sacrifice himself for the cause and in such an epic way. But the fact of the matter is, it's not any of them that takes down the brain bug. We get Zim, who willingly bunked himself down to private. 
so he could do it. I was like, good for you, Zim. Taking away Which your was fantastic because it was such yep. a throwaway line earlier yep. in the movie after the thing that happens in Buenos Aires. You know, you hear Zim talking to the, to the one commander and he's like, you know, I want to see action. I want to get, you know, I want to get out there. And he's like, the only way that that's going to happen <laughs> yeah. is if, you know, you, you decide to go back down to private, you know, and then that's it. You never hear from him again. Everything else gets thrown into the action. And yes, in the end, it is a private named Zim who fucking takes in the brain bug. And, you know, we also find out that Rico is still not psychic, but that Carl actually was the one guiding him the entire time. Yeah. Yep. Again, it was one of those things where I'm like, oh, shit, it was Carl. But at the same Which... time, when they're lifting Zim on their shoulders, I was like, oh, my God, Clancy Brown, you did it, man. You're a fucking hero. Like, I loved him. <laughs> you know? And you have Rico walking up to him, and he's like, you did it. He's like, yeah, because I'm a private showing his shoulder patch. He's a private. Mm-hmm. Like, Thank you, sir. Like, you know, like, now, you know, Rico is your commanding officer. I was like, Damn, that's cool. <laughs> you know, yeah. he just wanted well, to play. What it, also, what it does, too, though, is, again, and, like, you know, even the fact that Carl did what he does to aid Rico in getting to Carmen closes another line that was open earlier. Like, I love these smart little things because earlier Mm -hmm. we see Carl suggest to his ferret that there's a grub up his mother's leg and the ferret goes running upstairs and Rico asks him, you know, you would never do that with me. And he says, I can't do that to human yet. Yet. So now (laughs) we also know that he can do it. You know, they figured out how to make it so that he could actually fucking suggest to a human being now what to do. So now you have mind control going on in here, which then makes you wonder even more about this military machine that is the Federation. And it's still creepy. Even when you have the sequence with Carl walking up to the brain bug and putting his hand on the brain bug's forehead. And he's like, what do you feel, Carl? And he's like, he's afraid. He's afraid. And it's like, oh. <laughs> like what? Like okay, like you know, and they're like Zig Heil. I'm like, whoa, whoa, wrong movie, wrong movie. Like you know, but, you know. <laughs> it's like he's wearing that garb, and I'm like, man, I couldn't take away from that Nazi thing. But yeah, the fact that they have that. Then the next sequence, they show the propaganda footage. You have the brain bug in, you know, research, and you have again. They're breaking out these knives and shit like that, and they censor it when they shove it right in his mouth. Censor oh, right you know, pussy. Show that. <laughs> you know, we got it, you know, and Monkey, you know what they said at the end of that movie when they're showing the, the takeaways of Rico and Carmen and Ace. Ace? Yes. Still private. Yes. <laughs> still well, again, we have the other propaganda film where it's saying, join up now, you know, for Captain Carmen Abanez with her fleet, and Lieutenant John Rico in the mobile infantry, and Private Ace, you know, it's like, damn, for all the action that you saw, you know, Ace is still just a fucking private. It's like, you're hey, listen, a squad leader. You couldn't bump him up? A, a, a private took the fucking brain bug, man. Privates are important, too. Yeah. Well, I mean, let's be, let's be real. Privates are very important. Right. You know. Well, of course they are. But still, you know, Zim bumped his way down to private so he could do that. Ace has been private his entire time. You can't bump him up a little bit, the squad leader. 
Like, you know, give him a little bit of a title. Nope. Still private. (laughs) He's happy with it. He doesn't care. But I love the fact that they close it out with that, with the closing elements of the movie, showing where they are now. And then they show Amy Smart, who was in this movie from Road Trip and Butterfly Effect. I'm like, oh, Amy Smart? Where were you in this movie? (laughs) She was in the movie for all of two seconds when Carmen flies... When they, yeah. they have their little race to get to the little yeah. ship, and yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, and then the one guy comes in behind her, and he's like, "Oh no, not a badass!" <laughs> I was like, "Oh, Amy Smart was in the movie too." All right, cool, cool. But yeah, yeah. No, it was the, the but, propaganda. So yeah, uh, once again, Mucky, what was that closing line that they said? Because you said it so well the other night. That yeah, that nope. weird kind of Windows font that they had over the movie as it closed yeah, out. Yeah, well, well, at the end of the propaganda thing, they said they'll keep fighting and they'll win. <laughs> yeah, but we won't. It was such a great. We time. won't because <laughs> I don't know if any of you guys have seen any of the fucking straight-to-video sequels, but uh, I, yeah, no, we we definitely yeah. we definitely didn't win. You know, this is the only win in the entire <laughs> franchise. Oh no, yeah. I'm no, seen I, any yeah. Of those. I, so, yeah, I saw I saw two, three. Um, I saw the all CGI movie, and then there was also oh, a Saturday morning all CGI cartoon oh, that came Lord. out uh, shortly after <laughs> the first movie. Well, uh, damn. I, right, so. I unfortunately had witnessed uh, the hero of the uh, the Federation, which is part two, um, and was that was just completely. So I was just completely brought to reality. Um, and that was everything that I expected the original Starship Troopers to be. Um, and then, yes, they uh, they did make the third one. They brought back Johnny Rico. I was excited. I was like, okay, let's let's get some some let's get this back. And uh, nope, nope, they you know they still didn't do it very well. Nope. You know, it, it's, it's, it's over. Wandering in the desert. <laughs> it's it's over, Hoven. That that is absolutely what this is. You know that. Yep. That you know, it's funny, but this film reminds me. This film series reminds me of the first three Jurassic Park films, in which mm-hmm. it's like you know you get the first movie and it's great, then they make the second one not so much, and then they decide to take the third movie. Let's bring back the character, one of the characters that everybody liked from the first <laughs> movie, and, and let's see if we can make it good again. And it's it's better than the second film, but not anywhere near what that original film was. Yeah, no, and but, uh, yeah, Verhoeven as a director um, during the shower sequences, a lot of the actors were uncomfortable with nudity, you know, with showing their breasts or the guy showing their asses. So they're like, we're not comfortable. So Verhoeven said, "Fuck it, I'm going to get naked too." So he shot nice. the entire sequence naked, you know, for the shower <laughs> sequence. He's like, "If you're going to be naked, I'm going to be naked." So he shot that entire entire sequence naked. And I was like, "Yep, that's my kind of director." Coked up and just having a good time shooting social troopers, you know, making a rocking out with his cock out. Yeah, (laughs) having a good time with it, and and um, it was I think uh, Michael Ironside who actually asked Paul Verhoeven, "Did you mean to make this movie so fascist, like and so right wing?" And he goes, "Well, yeah, the material was a lot of right wing stuff." But he goes, "You know what? I said fuck it at the end of the day. I'm going to put a lot of good looking people in this movie, hand them a bunch of big guns." And shoot some fucking insects. And it's going to sell. <laughs> and it did. <laughs> you know, and it did. And, you know, and, and it made money. ton of animated sequences, uh, uh, sequels, rather. 
uh, you know, the series that the monkey was talking about. I haven't seen anything past Starship Troopers, but knowing if they lost, I'm like, ah, no. man, you, I don't know if I want to no, go you back. Just keep it, keep it that way. You're, you're doing the yeah. right thing. I will. Yep. All right. Yep. So, uh, again, monkey, the Starship Troopers, great pick. I was excited to talk about this. I know that the ghoul is a big fan, too. Uh, next week, I believe the pick is you, ghoul. So, do you have anything for us? That we should prepare. Uh, I I actually do, guys. Um, all right, we are going. Being that mm. next week will be December, uh, yep. I'm going to go a little Christmas crazy with Ooh. a recent film that I found to be a lot of fun. Released last year. It's a little bit of comedy. It's a little bit of horror. It's called Better Watch Out. From 2017. Ooh, ooh, that's a good one. Yeah, I, I watched that recently. Good pick. Looking forward to that one. I'm excited. We're gonna, we're gonna, yeah, it, it is. Uh, it's it's Home Alone and, and yeah, just in an in adult yeah. in adult form. Don't yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No spoilers, but yeah, <laughs> I know. I because I, I, I think uh, Ghoul, you were the one that told me about that, and I actually ended up watching it. After you told me about it, I think like a year ago, you told me about mm-hmm. Better Watch Out. And I'm like, fuck, yeah, really? And I was like, all right, <laughs> I'll watch it. I know it had the, uh, the uh, actress that was in Under the Dome. And I was like, okay, cool. Like, I'm, I'm into it, you know, so yeah. Yeah, I wanted to do this last year, but we, uh, it's my pick fell after Christmas when I had already, when I had finally seen the movie, so. Well, that's okay. You know, we're going to do it this time. So to prepare everybody for the upcoming Christmas season, better watch out uh, next week at the Ghoul's Pick. All right, so, Monkey, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for your pick, Starship Troopers, and we will see you next time. Why don't you close us out? All right, this is the Mad Monkey. Saying tonight's episode was brought to you by Google. It's what giant bug pussies are made out of. But you still don't use that shit. <laughs> Thanks for we listening do. and let me <laughs> Not for even with a brain bug. Your ear. <laughs> <laughs> Connect everybody. <laughs> All right. Ghoul, why don't you hit us with a little plug as we close out tonight's episode? Hey, everybody. Christmas, as I said, is around the corner. And, you know, the ghoul girl is working hard, making her jewelry. And you can find that all at Bonfire Bee Designs. Get your something for a boyfriend, a girlfriend, a I don't know whatever kind of friend that you have, you know, a girl yeah. that is, a girl right. that is a friend, or a guy that is just a friend, or a guy that is a friend with benefits, or a girl that you're doing on the side, and you know we'll hope that maybe the next day she gets killed by some bug in a fucking war zone, um, which is like the perfect, you know, perfect fucking one night stand. You know, you don't even have to deal with uncomfortableness after that. You bang her, and then the bug kills her, and it's fucking beautiful. And the best way for that to happen is. If she is wearing a piece from Bonfire Bee Designs. So get on that shit. It's on Etsy. All one word. Bonfire Bee Designs. All right. And that classic one-liner that you always do so well. What's that? Stay, Stay scared, everybody. Stay scared. All right. Thank you so much for listening. Next week, we're back with the Ghoul's Pick. Better watch out. What better way to kick off the holiday season than that movie? Can't wait for that. As always, I'm your old pal, the King of Horror, Andy G, saying thank you for listening. Keep America strong. Watch horror movies. Enjoy the rest of your week. We'll see you next time. Peace out.